do that. And uh, my goodness, I just love the comedy anointing of your life. <laughs> Who appreciates Matt? Amen. I threw up a little curveball this morning and you handled it really well. You did good. We won't go any further. I didn't get to know anymore, Matt, but you did really well, so well done. <laughs> well, um, this morning, it's my privilege to bring, uh, be here today, obviously bring the word. We're going to do a message called Dwell. Can everyone say Dwell? Dwell. And uh, Pastor Sarah and I just got back from New Zealand late Thursday evening. Um, <laughs> do we have some New Zealanders here? Yeah. Shout out to me if you are Go All Blacks. Shout out to me for a few weeks. Go All Blacks. Praise God. Anyways, whenever I go to New Zealand, I always tell New Zealanders, you know, you know, approximately what sixty percent of my friends are Kiwi, and instantly they love me more. So yeah, we just got back from New Zealand. We were there for the conference, and then uh, we got to go to Queensland for a couple of days, which is cool. But I just pray for me this morning because we have all been heavily sick with yucky flu, and so I'm up here with drugs, legal drugs, and anointing <laughs> in your system, okay? So um, as I pray, I really want to, uh, I want to pray for the atmosphere here as we bring this word. Um, so let's, let's focus in on the Spirit of God this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your very presence in this place. We ask, Lord, that you be uh, so tangibly present here, Lord, as we dive into your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you uh, open people's hearts, their, their minds, to be impacted, Lord. Look, let it be so that the Word of God would be so alive today, Lord, as it gets spoken about, Lord, it would uh, touch people's hearts, it would bring life, it would bring hope, it would bring a sense of that you're just so on uh, this meeting today, Lord, that you're, you're here with us, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of God, Lord, the anointing that breaks the yoke. Lord, we can't do things in our own strength, so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in this place. Lord, you're so amazing. You're such a good God. Amen. Uh, your heart is such a pure thing. Your, your character is so good towards us. Your love, Father, that you would pursue after us. Uh, even if we could turn left, we turn right, that you would continue to chase after us. Father, I just acknowledge your goodness in this place today as we go into your word. In Jesus' my name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. It's <coughs> me. Well, uh, the word of God, I'm doing something a little bit different this morning, and I'm going to be, who here went to or heard me speak at Dominion Conference Australia? Um, I'm going to be taking a little bit of my message. I, I just felt, I couldn't shake it. I kind of said, God, no, I want to do something different. They said, no, there are some people in the house that weren't at conference during the day, here the teaching and it's so relevant to as a house where we're going you know when you have conferences it's great because you have other people from you know the wider kingdom of god come and that's all good and we love that um but particularly in this season this house this people our faith family here at forever house is so on our heart and and we really want to make sure we're aligned and we're we're kind of plugged into what god's doing and so there was a word there that i talked about called the secret atmosphere the theme was atmosphere 
and I'm tying some of that word in today, but also some other specific revelation that I've got um, from spending time with the Lord personally that I'm going to be weaving in to that. So I've called this message Dwell, and you can see here the picture behind me. It's really a great shot. I love it because it depicts kind of there's part of it that's under the water, part of it you can see the surface of the water, so the underneath part is underneath there. And, and a lot of my message at Dominion Conference and my personal journey, Sarah and I have recently, I talked at conference quite openly and vulnerably about how we've been seeking the Lord personally, we've gone through personal revival. Um, we've been in a season where we've, uh, you know, we've been doing church for almost 10 years and sometimes you get a bit tired and you get a bit dry and, you know, you keep on keeping on and you put on a brave face, but uh, we're human as well. And so uh, we've been in a season where we've had personal revival in our own lives, we feel uh, there's a whole new lease of life of the Lord in our lives. Um, and that this is a season of brand new intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Brand new intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it's, it's so it's such a special time, I believe, seasonally for us as a church. And one of my heart beats in this message is I really, I really wanna, I really wanna encourage you today to understand that. There is nothing like intimacy with God. Um, and wherever you are in your world right now, uh, I want to encourage you to really look and ask of the Lord, God, I, I want great intimacy with you. Yes. Because sometimes I think we convince ourselves that that actually isn't the answer. The answer is just pushing harder, working harder. Um, to be specific, Probably one of the reasons why my season or my life became dry is because the first thing that I did when I got up was I thought about my to-do list. That's kind of the habit that I got into in this past season. The first thing I thought about when I got up was my to-do list. Not the Lord, not spending quality time with the Lord, not coming into a time of worship. And so that's being flipped and my to-do list is getting parked. Hallelujah. And I'm putting priority time and spending quality time with the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. And it's just rejuvenated my spirit, rejuvenated my heart. Even Sarah and I were driving home from a wedding last night. And Sarah said to me, in the last four weeks, Brad, you're just completely different. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I feel that. And so I'm speaking, this message is coming from such a sense of, I, I want this for everyone. I really want this for yes. everyone. I want you to hear my heart, church. I want this for everyone because it's too annoying and frustrating to walk the Christian walk out when you don't have beautiful intimacy with the Lord. Amen. It's such a beautiful thing having intimacy with God. And so um, at this <clears throat> message, uh, or this message that I spoke at called The Secret Atmosphere, um, I, I talked a little bit. I started with the analogy of you know, the river. A couple of weeks ago, I shared about you know, the Lord has given me renewed vision for the church that in the next couple of months, we're going to start to talk about that specifically for you as a congregation so you can understand and we can run with that. There's actually a lot of exciting things that are about to, that you don't know yet, but they're about to be rolled out in this last quarter of 2019 that have come from the Lord speaking to Pastor Sarah and I personally. And so, you know, be expected, be ready for that. And that's all, all before us. But in terms of um, a couple of things I shared about three or four weeks ago was that I got a picture of the river, that this house is called to build a river um, of God. And it's already here, but uh, 
there is so much more that the Lord wants to do. And this, this is really a river of the anointing of God that the Lord wants to build in this house that will have an anointing to break the yoke on people's lives, people who are, who are broken, who God wants to shift from brokenness to blessing. And I saw this very clear picture of a river, but also I saw the, the word renewal and that through that transformation will also be the renewing of people's minds. But there were, the, the other word that I got started with R was the word road. And the road specifically represented the transformational journey from brokenness to blessing. That I believe one of the callings of this house is, is to do that for people's lives and to be a catalyst and to see people transformed. And so this image here, it represents a river. And at conference, I was starting my message called The Secret Atmosphere, really encouraging people to personally start to realize, be encouraged to realize, there is a very specific and significant difference when you spend time with the Lord, if I use two analogies, I know in my own life, what I was doing is I was more just showering in the presence of God. I was in presence-driven worship. I was showering, I was allowing, yes, the, the touch of the Holy Spirit to wash over my life and, and the Word, but I wasn't immersing myself in the river of the Lord. Huge, everyone say huge. Huge. Huge difference. Massive. Have you ever seen the movie Pretty Woman? Right? You know when she goes in back into the store because they didn't realize that she had money and they just wrote her off and she goes back in and she's bought all these bags from another competitor store. She comes back in showing off all these bags and she's looking looking at the lady who dismissed her and judged her. She's kind of got the bag, she's said, see this? Huge, massive big, enormous mistake that you made. I love that line from Pretty Woman. And so but I just kind of feel my heart inside of me right now saying, I want you to catch how enormously different, significantly different it is when we get a revelation between just showering in the presence of the Lord, just tipping our toe in, just kind of getting a little bit wet, the routine, even, even if it is a touch of Holy Spirit, it's not just a touch that he wants. He doesn't just want to invite us for a moment, just for a nibble at the table. Come on. He doesn't just want us to sit for just a little while. He wants us to dwell in the presence of the Lord. He wants us to dwell, to abide, to live with him, to absolutely immerse ourselves in the river of the Lord. And there's such a significant difference in that to your life, your identity, how life looks like, what it feels like, when you, in a new way, are hungry to experience that. And recently, that's what uh, has happened to me. And so I want to see everyone uh, experience what I recently experienced. And so I suppose that's the heart of this message. And I want to start with this scripture here in Psalm 91, verses 1 to 3. And it talks about the word dwell. He that <clears throat> dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the word dwell there doesn't just mean to visit. It doesn't just mean to uh, stay for a little while. It doesn't just mean to kind of just get a little bit of a, a shower. Uh, but it literally means to permanently be positioned, to dwell, to live, to abide. And I love the analogy of, you know, if you go to a networking function and you know those cocktail tables that you can kind of lean on, uh, why do most networking functions have that? Because you don't really have to relationally commit 
um, when you're having conversations with people at a networking event when there's that type of furniture there. Think about it for just a moment, right? You kind of just lean in and then you can walk away very quickly. Does that make sense? <clears throat> right, but if there's proper seating, right, and you actually have to sit down, then it's a lot harder for you to run away and make a quick excuse, right? You're actually more committed. Can everyone say the word committed? Committed. You're more committed to actually dwell, to connect, to build relationships, to get into deeper, everyone say deeper, to get into deeper conversation. And so he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, which means that when you commit yourself not just to having a shower in the Lord's presence, but to really swim in the river of the Lord, you actually get tucked under the shadow of the Almighty, which means that there is such a benefit of protection away from all the niggling bites of the enemy. Uh, and so it's, it's hugely beneficial. And that's why today I'm so passionate about really encouraging wherever you're at. I believe seasonally, this is a key time for you to pursue much deeper intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I will say the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. <clears throat> and so I love that scripture because it focuses in on dwelling. And so what I shared at the, the conference is, you know, what this scripture does is it gives us an insight into the secret place or the place where God has prepared for us in his uh, spirit to, to dwell, to live, to abide, to spend quality time in. And what is the secret place? Can everyone say the word protection? Protection. It is a place of protection, but not just protection for protection's sake, but to be protected so that when you're positioned within that protection, your identity is renewed, your identity is strengthened, your confidence is strengthened, your joy is strengthened. Everything that you know about your identity in Christ is renewed in that place of protection. And therefore, your position, who knows that your identity as a Christian is so critical. Come on out. Who knows that you are a son of the living God? Yes. You are a daughter of the living God. Come on. You're not just a servant. Praise Jesus God. says, more than a servant and me being the master, you are my friend. Yes. You are a son. You are a co-heir. Yes. Who knows that being a co-heir, that Jesus says that you would do works greater than I have done. I want you to have everything that I have. And so a lot of times we put Jesus on this pedestal, which we should, we worship him. But who knows that he actually calls us brother. Come yes. on, he says, you are a co-heir, that everything that he has obtained through the work of the cross, he wants you to grab a hold of. He yes. wants you to have authority. Praise he God. wants you to have confidence. As he lived by the Spirit, he wants you to live by the Spirit. As he abided in the Spirit, as he spent quality time with the Father to strengthen him, a great prayer life, he wants you to be able to have that as well. And so, who knows that you're a co-heir? Yes. You're a son. Praise God. You know, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Yes. You know, just this last two weeks, when I've been really, really sick and I've had little ne negative thoughts come into my mind, I've been able to, in a warfare-like state, just go, no, I am a son 
of the Most High God. My thoughts are not going to get into that defeat mode. I'm not going to get negative. I am the head and not the tail. I have an inheritance. I am filled with the power of God. Jesus is walking with me. The Praise Spirit God. is flowing through me. I dwell in the secret place. I abide under the shadow of the Most High. And so this revelation of your identity as being a son, not just a servant, not just a follower of Christ, not just someone who's trying to live this life called Christianity. No, that you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. That you are a living, walking, breathing ambassador of the kingdom of God. That you're powerful. Yes, we are. And that that identity gets renewed and enriched when you spend time in the secret place. And so how powerful it is that we understand that place of protection to strengthen your position. I talked a little bit about how David, who was pursued by Saul, uh, King Saul, who was very envious of David, uh, was chasing after David. And so this scripture here written by King David talks about that secret place that he ran to in the Old Testament to hide away from the strife and envy of King Saul. Who knows that a lot of times when you're just trying to focus on getting ahead by focusing on your to-do list, and not spending enough time actually in the very river of God, you actually start to feel a sense of strife. You start to feel a sense of, uh, I just don't have enough time to get everything done. You start to feel weary. You start to feel drained. You start to feel like you're just continuing on the dregs of the fuel of last year's revelation of God. Come on now. Who knows that if we uh, if we make that choice just to focus on all the things that we've got to do, uh, it kind of feels like strife and envy starts to chase after us. And so even more so, if you're in a position or a season where you've been feeling like that, can I just encourage you and say you are not alone? I know a lot of people who've been feeling like that. The good news is, is that there is a strategic answer, and that is this, that you have to become in a new way awakened to the excitement of what it feels like when you spend quality time with the Lord. With the Lord. And... And what I love about this notion of the secret place in those days of King David and Saul, you know, when the people of God were in battle and they were in pursuit against, you know, the enemy was pursuing them. When there was a battle going on, a camp was set up and there was a tent in the very middle of the troops that were sent up, set up. So that the soldiers of the troops would surround the tent and uh, often uh, the tent was called the tent of the commander or the captain of the army was in the tent. And when I was studying this, um, <clears throat> the secret place, when I got revelation of this, the secret place is really the middle of the army that becomes inaccessible to the enemy, and it's where the commander-in-chief is. And so when you go into the secret place, when you make it deliberately and intentionally a priority, what's a priority? To go into uh, the secret place to spend intimate time with the Holy Spirit, you are positioned right next to your commander-in-chief, yes. Jesus Christ, Praise and God. also you're positioned in a place where the enemy cannot pursue you. Yes. And so <clears throat> it's strategically uh, very powerful, spiritually. And so I went on and I taught a little bit more about how do we actually dwell in the secret place. So I did some teaching um, on the uh, tabernacle. I want to go there now in Psalm 27, 1 to 5. I'm going to go this side now. <clears throat> I'm going to pick out a couple parts of this. This is really highlighting 
revelation about the secret place and also linking it to the word tent or the word tabernacle. Can everyone say tent? Tent. Because I just hinted about in the times of David, who was talking in the previous psalm scripture about the secret place, his revelation of the secret place, a place of protection, a place where your spiritual position gets strengthened uh, as the enemy is trying to pursue you. Right? Um, but I want to look at some other revelation here in Psalm because it, it links the secret place to the tent of the Lord and to the tabernacle. And we're going to do a study of the actual structure of the tabernacle so we can get revelation of how do we how do we more strategically enter in from just a showering in the presence of the Lord to actually diving into the river. That we have to we have to understand there has to be something on the inside of you that is wanting to peel back the layers of the spiritual realm to enter deeper into the things of God. Praise God. Uh, because if you're, you know, if you're ignorant to that, uh, what will happen is is that you'll kind of just keep the routine of maybe where you're at right now and just kind of having a bit of worship here, a bit of worship there, a little bit of word here, a little bit of prayer there, thinking you're doing what you need to do Yes, maybe to sustain for a little while your Christianity, but to really significantly go to this amazing season and place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, where your identity gets strengthened, there is something far more than just that that you have to be hungry and willing to do. And so we're going to study that in a moment. So in Psalm 27, 1 to 5, is everyone still with me? Yes. Awesome. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I love that. Just declaring how great God is. He's my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Again, putting God in that rightful place, but putting putting the awesomeness of God, how powerful God is in my life. Uh, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. I love that. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. I mean, just recently... When I've had those little niggling thoughts of defeat, feeling sick and everything like that, I've been able to have this fresh boldness in my spirit. Go, no, 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 no. That ain't going to come because my God is inside of me and I'm the son of the most high God. Amen. Just be able to push back and all that little kind of pestilence becomes so much easier when you've spent fresh time deep, intimately with the Holy Spirit. It is my enemies, my foes who will stumble and fall. I love the, I have kind of like the spiritual arrogance of that, right? The spiritual fervency that come on now, you know, when we talk about arrogance, we sometimes think it's always a negative thing, but who knows the Lord wants you to have spiritual arrogance in terms of your faith in Him. Yes. Um, and though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then, even then I will be confident. What I love about this is you go into the secret place where the enemy compasses you, but it positions you and strengthens you. So when you go back into your assignment of things, you're still going to maybe face some difficulties and enemies, but your whole perception is different. It goes on and says, One thing I ask for the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And when we look at the word house there, it's not necessarily talking about just church or the house of God. Uh, symbolically, it's also talking about that you are the living temple of the Lord and the Holy Spirit Amen. lives within you. And we're going to look at this translation, this understanding and this connection between the tent, the tabernacle, the temple, those three words. Everyone say tent. tent. Everyone say tabernacle. tabernacle. Everyone say temple. Temple. <clears throat> all, all interlinked, right? In different parts in the, in the history 
of God with his people, the Spirit of God resided in different ways and manifested in different ways. We know in the Old Testament there was a containment where God lived and dwelled and where the secret place was. But in the New Testament, we know that the secret place actually is within us because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us, the secret place where the Holy Spirit spends actually gets activated within us, but there's also heavenly realms and there's portals on heaven. It's this thing where we can pull down from heaven, but also it's about pulling it within us and activating within us. Yes. <clears throat> that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to gaze, I love it, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Just recently, just spending time in God's presence and just going, oh, wow. Man. God is so good. It means you have to linger with patience to be able to gaze on the beauty of God. Who knows you can't go, all right, it's my prayer time. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus, I'm really grateful for this, 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 okay? Bring it, bring it, bring it, God. What's the scripture? Okay, thank you, Lord. I declare it right now, Jesus. All right, now, okay, there's my iPhone. Let it get on to the next step. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Everyone say sacred tent. Sacred tent. His sacred tent. And so in the wilderness, uh, in these times of the Old Testament, the secret place then was the tabernacle, also known as the tent of God, and it was a portable version of the temple, right? The Ark of the Covenant, the place where God dwelt. And the tabernacle... So understand when the people of God were going around in the wilderness, they went and settled in one place permanently. They would they'd set up camp and then they'd move on to another place and then they'd set up camp. And so they would have to keep setting up uh, the, the tent of God where the very presence of the Lord in the middle was positioned. And uh, the, this particular tabernacle uh, that they set up where the uh, presence of God was positioned was surrounded by the 12 tribes of Israel. So all of the tribes of Israel, all of the giftings, all of the anointings, the tribe of Issachar, who is very gifted in the prophetic, and the tribe of Judah, who is very you know, gifted in worship, all the different tribes, all the giftings, all their anointings, all their different kingdom of God bents, surrounded the presence of the Lord. And uh, you know, even just right then, the Holy Spirit saying to me, if you want your gift and your anointing activated in a new way, you need to make sure the presence of God is at the center of your gift and your anointing. Praise God. Don't start to think it's about your glory, but it's always about the glory of God. And so the 12 tribes surrounded um, <clears throat> the presence of the Lord, and three tribes were on each side. Was known, this was known in Hebrew, this whole tabernacle set up was known in, as Mishkan, and that word Mishkan literally means to dwell. Everyone say dwell. Dwell. Which means to permanently be connected to, to sit into, to abide, to live in the presence of the Lord. Dwell. That the very presence of the Lord always wanted to be positioned in the center of his people. Who knows that that's no different for you and I right now as New Testament Christians. Where Jesus, when he ascended on high, said, I'm going to now release 
the comfort I'm going to release the one who will help you to walk out this life and he's going to live inside of you. Which literally means to dwell, which kind of means to dwell. And it was here where the God of Israel revealed himself to the Israelites and dwelled among his people. In the last half of the whole book of Exodus, right, we know the book of Exodus, very famous one, you know, the Red Sea piling all that fun stuff, right? But the last half of the book of Exodus describes the tabernacle and how it was set up, and the different layers of it in detail. And so I want to go there now, because what it does is it symbolically represents, you know, to enter into that place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, we've got to understand that we can learn spiritually that we have to be willing to have a level of desire. We have to be willing to have a level of spiritual hunger, a spiritual appetite did I say that correctly? I got really passionate. Appetite. I got really passionate about appetite. <laughs> right? Appetite. A spiritual appetite that, you know when you're really hungry, you are willing, aren't you, to drive a little bit extra longer to get that food. You know? You, you, know, that, you know that meal that may be a little bit hard? You know, one of the, let's say your favorite soup and you're really, for some reason it's hard to get that thing open with the can open, right? Then you'll find that big butcher's knife and you'll just start pumping. If you're hungry, come on now, if you're hungry, you'll, you'll go the extra mile. Why you rather solve Right? If you're hungry, right? You will dwell Why you rather go Right? After workout particularly, right? You are hungry, right? You'll do whatever you need to do to get in. And so we want to understand that there is an intent that we need to have to build intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Right? And so if we go uh, and have a look at this next part, I'm going to go through the different layers or different parts of the tabernacle. If we can have a look at the next slide. The first part of this Mishkan was called the gateway. Everyone say gateway. Gateway. And the gateway part uh, of the uh, Mishkan or the tabernacle, it was the very uh, first part. So so we understand the tabernacle, because we're talking about the very outside part of it first, okay, which is called the gateway. And the tabernacle was rectangle in size. Uh, one, of, one of the particular... Um, one of the short sides of the rectangle, it had a gate to it. And that was the entrance that you would go through to get through that first pit into the next layer of the tabernacle. So if you wanted to go in uh, into this tabernacle, this would be the very first thing you'd have to do. You'd have to enter through the gateway. And so what that represents for us as New Testament Christians is... When we want to enter into the secret place, uh, when we want to spend good quality time with the Lord, the first thing that we have to do is we have to enter into the spiritual realm, right? Who knows that this is a physical realm right now that you can hear me, you can see me, but who knows that there is a spiritual realm also around us. And we need to obviously, you know, when we become Christians, we awaken uh, to the reality of the spiritual realm and we can connect with God, which is cool. but making a decision. Everyone say making a decision. Making a decision. Making a decision to enter in to the spiritual realm is the first key to build intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because who knows that you can have many distractions that could even prevent you from making that first decision. 
right? All the things like your to-do list, all the things that you've got to do. You've got to set a time aside to rent to rent. And I know for me, sometimes what I would do is, you know, I would just go, oh, I'll just put a little bit of music on my, um, my iPhone, and then, yep, I can listen to a little, little bit of worship music, and I'm spending time with the Lord. But can I tell you, uh, I want you to really listen in here. Oh, man, I really want people to get this. Because I'm feeling the heartbeat of God right now as I'm preaching this. There are some people, and you've been isolated from the beautiful presence of the Lord for too long. You've been coming to church maybe every now and then. You've been reading your Bible every now and then. You've been put on a little bit of worship music every now and then. But you've been isolated. You've been isolated from real intimacy with the Lord. And I'm hearing God saying it's costing you. You're, you're paying a price. Because maybe somehow, somewhere, you, you've, you've come to a place in your life and you've, you've lost revelation of just how good it is. Maybe you've never really been taught. Maybe you've, you've never been really taught and maybe this teacher will help you. But I, I, I really want to get your attention. I honestly want to get your attention today. I want everyone to look at me. Don't be distracted by the person who's having a chat next to you. I want you to look into my eyeballs. Right? It's not going to get weird, I promise. But I, I feel like God's really trying to get some people's attention here, and there's still distraction in some people's minds. I feel like that God's really, his heart is really crying out to get people's attention through this word today. Because he knows desperately what you actually written, that your soul is dry. And yet there's so many distractions around you. There we go. I can feel it. Have people focused. I feel like we need to be focusing because this teaching is not often taught. And it will give you specific insight into that maybe, just maybe, you've been going into a couple of layers, but you've never really understood what you need to do to go into the secret place consistently. So I'm going, I'm, I feel like we've got the focus now. Thank you, Jesus. And so the gateway is the first thing. Everyone say gateway. Gateway. Now, part two was the altar. If we can put that up, the altar. And if one came through the gateway in the Old Testament, the first thing that you would see after going through the gateway is you'd see the brazen altar. And it was there where you actually brought your sacrifice, uh, your burnt offering. And you would give it to the priests, and they would prepare it. They would put it on the altar, and they would sacrifice it for you. Isn't it cool we don't have to do that anymore? But what this next layer represents, the altar, it represents the outer court. And we know that when we get saved, we become awakened to the spiritual realm. Come on now, when we become a Christian, yep. born again of the Spirit of God, we get awakened by the spiritual realm, we can step through the gateway and actually have a revelation of the spiritual realm. 
but also through the blood of Jesus, we come to the altar of the Lord and we have our sins atoned for because of the blood of Christ. So we know as we become Christians, we come through the gateway, we get a realization of the spiritual realm, and then we come to the altar of salvation and the blood of Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice that's already been shed for us so that we have atonement of our sins, forgiveness of our sins. Who knows that, right? That's the good news. And so we love that because because of the blood of Jesus, we can come, now we have reconciliation of the Father, we can, uh, that, that sense of closeness with the Father was being restored. So we get that, that's part two. But then there's a, a next layer, I would say part three. part three. We can put that up, and that's the laver. And the laver in the tabernacle, um, just past the bronze altar, uh, as you move towards the middle of the tabernacle, there was what was known as the laver. And it was a large bronze bowl on a base, and it was filled with water. And it was used for the cleansing and the purifications of the priests. And they would wash their hands and feet in preparation for service in the temple. And this represents sanctification, repentant heart, forgiveness. Who knows that when we come into the presence of the Lord... Right? We always need to have a repentant heart. Who knows that you'll feel, even if washed under the blood of Jesus. Now listen, I want everyone to pay attention here. This is really critical. Even washed under the blood of Jesus, we know that if you come to the presence of the Lord, maybe because you wanted to seek the Lord, but you've still got unforgiveness from three weeks ago with a brother or sister that's annoyed you, there's still a resistance or restriction because Jesus said you have to forgive those like I've forgiven you. Right? And so we know that this labor section represents where the priests, they had this bowl of water and they had to wash their hands and had to purify, right, to make sure that they were right before the Lord. We need to make sure when we want to go and have intimate time with the Lord, we have to have a, a repentant heart. We have to lay down any unforgiveness towards our fellow brothers or sisters or whoever we need to forgive. But also this bowl of water, when the priests looked into it, it was like a mirror. It reflected their identity. And so when you come into the secret place and you start to come into the presence of the Lord, what's important is, is it's important for you to have an understanding. You know, there's scripture that talks about that people look at the mirror and then they keep forgetting who they are. They have to keep looking. My challenge to you is, is that when you come into the presence of God, for you to go deeper, we're going to look at these other lines, for you to really build intimacy with the Lord, you have to be able to understand that your identity is that you are being purchased for the price. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. You are seen God. as perfect in God's eyes. He Hallelujah. loves you. He absolutely adores you. But if you keep yes. coming in just to shower a little bit and you keep thinking in here and keep thinking in here, I'm not good enough. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm just, a, you know, I'm just this and I'm just no good for nothing. And I'm just always a loser. That's, that's going to prevent you from having real intimacy with the Lord because you'll never feel worthy. You'll allow that shame, you'll allow that blame to prevent you from coming into the depths of intimacy. Because you won't feel like you deserve it. And yet it's the very thing that your soul absolutely thirsts for. Praise God. I know. Because it's what I've been thirsting for. And not realizing how desperate I was spiritually. For a new thing. Amen. For a new thing. See, that's the other thing. You may be sitting here going, oh, but Brad, 
But I've, I, I get the secret place. I've been in the secret place. Or I've sat down and been corralled by the Lord. He's even thrown water all over me. And completely immersed. That's cool, but my encouragement to you is there's, there's a new thing. Because I, I could say, I, yeah, I did that about good three years ago as well. But this last season, it's been more like showering a little bit, getting washed a little bit, getting renewed a little bit, but not really absolutely swimming in the river of God. Staying, yeah, dwelling. And so once they moved past the lane, then they moved to the fourth part, I would say part four, which was the inner sanctuary. The inner sanctuary. Now behind the labor there was a curtain made out of skin stretched over a pole framework. Now this wasn't the curtain that got torn. We're going to go there in a minute, which is the bit that prevented, was separating them from the Holy of Holies. We're going to go there. That's going to be part five. But <clears throat> this was a piece of skin uh, that was used to make a curtain that was stretched over a pole, <coughs> a pole framework. And immediately inside this curtain was, it was called the holy place, but it wasn't yet the holy of holies. And the holy place was the inner sanctuary. And once inside the inner sanctuary, to the left was the golden menorah, the candlestick. And that re represented the light of the world. That represented, you know, um, the Savior, the Messiah. And to the right was the table of showbread, which represented the truth that men shall not eat by bread alone, but by the very living word of God. And so it represented the word of God itself. And directly in front was the altar of the inner sanctuary, which always had incense burning, and that represented the prayers to God. Now what is really critical, this is actually the most critical part of this message. So if there's anything right now that could be potentially distracting you from hearing this next five minutes, I want to encourage you, put that distraction away. Because this is the key. The key is this. The inner sanctuary represents the place, the zone, the area spiritually where a lot of Christians get to, but they don't get passed into the next place. Because the inner sanctuary represents this, caps this down, the light of the world. Who knows that the church, through the empowerment of Jesus, is the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. Yes. Come on now, we're the lighthouse representing Christ, right? And so, spiritually in the New Testament, our Christianity can get to a place where we come to church, whether it be in regularly or regularly, we feed a little bit of the Word, we listen to our sermons, we subscribe to our favorite podcasts, we read the Bible a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, we think we're doing really good if we've got a highlighter in our hand. Whoa! We're highlighting something in our mouth. We're going to something in our mouth. Whoa, that's spiritual. You know, what's going on? We might go to a prayer meeting here, we might do a little bit of a prayer there. Do a declaration here, a decree there. Maybe if we're really struggling, we might really pray. So we really need to. But it kind of just sits there. 
doesn't really move past that place. This is why I want you to pay attention because I believe God's heart is so for us right now because I believe that there are some of you, like me, who maybe in this season have kind of just been there. And yet God's saying this, there is so much more. Praise God. Praise God. Oh man, I just hope you're getting this. There is so much more. There is so much more to just that. See, that was never designed. That part that we just talked about. It's good, but it actually ain't enough. It's not enough. It's not the fullness that God designed for us. I want you to put your hand on your heart for me. Holy Ghost, move through this place. Father, I know that there's a little bit more teaching to come, but I just want to take this moment, God, for you to move, 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 Jesus. Lord, do what you need to do. Break our hearts, shift our hearts, shake our hearts. Lord, stir up desire. Father, help people, Lord, to understand there is more. There is more than just a little bit of a shower in your presence during worship. There is more than just reading a couple of passages in the Bible or tick the religious box. Just come along to church because of a sense of duty. Doing a bit of a prayer here, a bit of a prayer there. Father, there's so much more. It's about dwelling, abiding, living in you. Lord, awaken our hearts to a new season. Lord, awaken people to the reality that you are so doing something new. Let there be an appetite for the new. Let us not be so uncomfortable with change that we miss out on the beauty of the new thing that you're wanting us to come into. So intimacy with the Holy Spirit, intimacy with Holy Spirit, fill this place. The goodness, the heart and character. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So there's this next part, part five, if we can bring that up, called the veil of separation. So beyond the inner sanctuary. Let's say beyond. 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 Beyond, right? You know, in the old school Star Trek, Beyond the Frontier. Infinity and Beyond. The Beyond. Thinking about the spiritual realm, thinking about the reality of God, thinking about relationship with God, the warmth of God's heartbeat towards you, the intimacy with Him speaking to you, showing you, raising you up, causing you to walk with Him, talk with him, to hear what he has to say, to the word of God to become like a little breathing, vibrating sense of communication into your heart. 
there's this place. And in this tabernacle example, beyond the burning incense was the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And who knows that when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, that that veil, everyone say that veil, that veil, that veil was torn completely in half. That day was torn completely in half. So that you and I could freely enter in to that place beyond just attending church, praying a bit, reading a bit of his word, and to go into the Holy of Holies. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done for you to give you a renewed reconciliation into the heartbeat of the Father. And so the Holy of Holies was a square cubicle, 15 by 15 feet, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was placed. And that is where God himself dwelt, where he lived among his people. God wants to spend time with you. He wants to live not just with you, but in you, but he wants you to be evident of it. And this is a new season where God's saying, oh man, I want to I have an intimate relationship with you in a brand new way. And so this secret place was the same secret place that was talked about in verse 1. Where we talked about the psalm David wrote. Now, what I want to do is, I just want to drill into this a little bit more. Is that okay? Yes. Are you okay with that? Yes. You sure? Yes. All right. So I want us to understand, I, I, I didn't bring this scripture to the Dominion message, but I want to bring this scripture because I want to bring real scriptural context so that you understand how critical this is in terms of what Jesus has done for you. And being a Christian and having said yes to Jesus Christ and having encountered salvation and having been washed by the blood of Jesus. All of that is fantastic, but God's saying, I want you to understand that there is a beyond. There is the depth of intimacy with me that he wants you to pursue. And so if we can go to this next scripture, it's from Hebrew. We've got that slide up there, Hebrew. And it's a long scripture, so <coughs> you may not be able to read it, but I'm going to read here. This scripture here is really talking about that Jesus ultimately wanted to take that tabernacle and he wanted to shift it by his assignment so that you could freely go right into the very secret place with God at any point in time after you've accepted Christ. And so, but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more? Everyone say more. More. See, there's more. 
More. There is so much more of God. How much more, 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 more? When I was reading this, God was saying, tell forever house, there is more. There is more of me. There's more intimacy. There's much greater depth of relationship. There's so much more of me that I want to show you. I want to spend time with you. I want, I want you to come into my presence and sit with me. Allow me to stroke your hair is what the Lord was saying to me. Allow me to bless your personality. Allow me to pour my spirit into your heart and to heal those places of rejection. To build sonship, to bring, to build daughterhood into your identity. You are a co-heir of Christ. That you are beloved of me. That your, your security is in me. I want to make you protected. I want to Make your position in the kingdom so strong and confident. That's why God's saying there's more. There's more. There's more. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that he may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Those who are called, they receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed out in the first covenant. And so a lot of times we read this, we get this, but I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of the mistakes that I have made is I read this and I go, that's nice, I'm saved. That's nice, I've been bought at a price. That's nice, I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. That's nice, I have eternal life. That's nice, I can go to church now. That's nice, I can be showered a little bit under the worship of the Lord. Some presence-driven worship, oh, and I can get some goosebumps and go, yay, Lord, I love you. That's nice, and I can hear the Word, and I can feed off the Word, and I can listen to Stephen Furtick's podcasts. <laughs> I can go to the hour of power and I can decree and I declare and I can pray and, and I can do all of that and then I and I look at my to-do list and I still feel overwhelmed. But there's more. See, when you go into the secret place, the Lord does something in your soul that no one else can do. No one else. Nothing else. No sermon for the best preacher in the world. No really awesome anointed worship song by itself. Come on now. No single prayer meeting. It's all good. But there's more. I mean, just the last four weeks, just the oil in my life. Spending time with um, Zara. Little things that I love her, little things though that she does that really bugs me. God bless her. She's stubborn. God bless her. 
stubborn, strong, the natural leader, feisty. And when there's no oil, as a papa, as a father, you just sometimes get to that place where you just go, look, just listen <laughs> to what I'm saying. Right? Seems effective, but doesn't always get the best results, to be honest. But when you've been spending time with the Lord, there's oil in your life. And even you just pick, just pick, 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 you know, picking this up, are we not? It's going, no, well, honey, let me ask you a question. <laughs> with, with how you're treating Savannah right now, how do you think it's making her feel? Um, not, not very good. Okay, so what do you think you should do? Um, not do that and love her. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. How do we do that? Okay. This is one example. Right. I'm all for parenting seminars. <laughs> this seminar, that seminar, whatever. But, you know, um, Little things like, um, even when you can sometimes get in that temptation of covetousness, you see someone who's got something bigger, better than you, they're more in front of you, they're advanced. So what I've learned is, doesn't matter how successful you are, there's always someone who's successful. There's always someone who's got something bigger, better than you have. And so it becomes this, it can become this endless thing. Ugly. Yeah. When you spend time in the Holy Spirit and you see that person who usually be like, <sighs> right? Because maybe they're doing something bigger, better, they're further on than you. To the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit just goes, Yeah, don't worry about it because you're a son's most high God. Like, Dude, you've got this. And you can't manufacture that. You can't go to, you, you, you can't. There's something about spending time with the Lord. This new covenant thing. And so I want to just go to this next scripture here in Psalm 91 4. It says, He, so we've looked at Psalm, Psalm 91, 1 to 3 before. I'm going to look at verse 4. It says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Last that. The music just to come. Please. We'll read this again. Psalm 91, 4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield, not a buckler. What I love about this is, again, the analogy of him covering us. But it's specifically with the analogy of his feathers, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. A buckler is like another kind of type of shield that everyone was wondering. 
I was thinking about this, it reminded me of an article that I once read a while ago and I found it recently in preparation for this message. I didn't share this in Dominion Conference Australia, but something about Dominion Conference New Zealand, where sometimes the anointing just moves because maybe there's a different need in the people that you're speaking to in different locations, even though it's the same message you've got there in front of you. I love how the Holy Spirit works like that. And so I did share it in New Zealand, and I felt to share it this morning. If you think back to Psalm 91.4, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is the shield of the buckler. Reminded me of this article in the National Geographic several years ago that provided an amazing story, which is quite relevant because there's been recent fires, as we know, in southeast Queensland and New South Wales. But after a devastating forest fire in Yellowstone National Park, which is in uh, the California area there. Forest rangers began their trek up a mountain to assess the damage of the fire. And one ranger found a bird literally petrified in ashes, perched like a statue on the ground at the base of a tree. A little sickened by the eerie sight, he knocked the bird over with a stick. And as it fell over, three tiny little chicks ran out from under their dead mother's wings. The loving mother, aware of impending disaster, had gathered her offspring under her wings at the base of the tree, instinctively knowing that the toxic smoke would rise and kill them. She could have flown to safety, but refused to abandon her babies who couldn't fly. And when the blaze came, the mother had remained steadfast because she had been willing to die because those under the cover of her wings would live. Amen. And this really is a great analogy that Jesus died so that you and I could run into the secret place. That veil was torn, church, in half. It was absolutely destroyed praise God because it separated you from that soul life-giving place of the Holy of Holies it separated you church before the work of the cross before Jesus died for you you were separated from the absolute love and intimacy of the Father because of our imperfections but because he paid the price we can run and abide and dwell under the shadow of the most almighty God. <coughs> to, be, to protect you. I'm hearing the Lord say this. There are some people and you've felt like you've been burned. Maybe you've you thought that it was just about a bit of a prayer here and some word attending church a little bit here. But God's saying there's more. You know, maybe you're sitting here today and you thought when you gave your life to Christ that your confidence would skyrocket. That you'd be able to break through like dominoes, just boom, 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 boom. 
Maybe you're sitting here today and you're disappointed with your experience with Christianity. Maybe you're sitting here and you feel frustrated with that the promise that you thought walking with Jesus would look like ain't kind of living up to what you thought it would look like. And I'm here today to tell you I understand. I understand. Forget that. But there's really, really good news this morning. There is so much more. So the question would be, well, what stops us from going into the mall? Is it that we're never really taught there's more? Is it we've never really been shown how? Maybe. I was pondering this question when I was preparing this message to find shitting it this morning because I said, God, I don't have all the answers as a pastor. We can teach people, we can help people, and maybe you're here today and you might need to put your hand up and say, hey, you know what, I, I probably need some help. I might need some mentoring, I need some support. But I can stand your confidence and say this to you. I believe the most significant key today is that if you're able to walk out of this building knowing that your relationship with Jesus needs to go, and I'm going to underline the word name, it needs to go beyond just a little bit of sprinkle, the shower of the Lord during worship, but just a little bit of prayer, a little bit of reading the word, just attending church, that there is something far greater that he wants to build into your life. Then the starting point is you just need to be hungry for that. Because I know that our God, if you're hungry, if you design Him, if you knock at that door, and whatever that knock looks like, whether you proactively walk up to Brother Solomon and say, Solomon, Pastor Brad, some sermon today, can you can you talk to me about how do I how do I build intimacy with the Lord? Or, or you come up to me after the sermon and say, Pastor Brad, uh, I, I need you to teach me how. How do I build intimacy with the Lord? Or maybe, maybe the knock at the door is you go home and after having a good meal because you're hungry because the sermon's going a little bit longer than I think. Praise God. You don't just put the worship music on and worship a little bit, but you get on your hands and knees and you cry out to the Lord. God, I want more. Show me. Show me and be willing to have some patience. Yeah. Say, God, I'll, I'll wait on you. Yes. God, teach me. Show yes. me. With that teaching that passed about the tabernacle, but I want to go beyond just a sprinkle of the word of prayer and telling church, God, I want to go into that place. Lord, my heart is like, Lord, reveal your heart to me. Yes. And just to wait and see what He does. Whatever that knocking looks like, those that diligently seek the Lord will be richly rewarded. I do know that. So I want you to close your eyes. We're going to pray. And I'm a big believer that this word, this word is not designed today 
The priority of this word was not designed to entertain you. This word from the Lord today was designed to draw you to Him. To create a new appetite. Beautiful Jesus. We ask that you would move. Have your way. Have your way. Design more of you. Lord, show your people how should they knock? What does their knock? What are you asking that their knock needs to look like? Lord, you know us intimately. We're all different. We've got different wirings. We're in different places, maybe spiritually. So, Lord, show us how do we need to knock? Do we need to reach out to a a teacher in this church? Do we need to reach out to a trainer? Do we need to reach out to a mentor? Do we need to reach out to a pastor? Do we need to reach out to a team leader? Do we need to <coughs> reach out to a peer, a brother, or a sister? Do we need to, at the end, come up to Pastor Brad and say, Pastor Brad, can you just pray for me? Do we need to go home and hands and knees and pray. Stop knocking at the door of heaven and say, God, I am hungry for this poor. I want to dwell. I want to dwell. I want to dwell in the spirit. I want to dwell in the secret place. Under the shadow of the almighty. God, I want more. We're going to close in a minute, but I just want to encourage you to keep your eyes closed. I just feel like the Lord wants to just encourage us. So, can we just keep, you had something you were playing before, and I just want to kind of stay in that repetitive thing. Feel like there's something as you're just playing, kind of a little bit, but there's just something that's just building nicely. But if we could just kind of stay there, whatever it was, I'll get into what, whatever that was. Out. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. figure out what it was, the Lord has told me,
Harry Lord say that there are some people here today and you've been you've been feeling lost but I'm hearing God say that the word lost is multifaceted it doesn't just mean someone who doesn't know Jesus God said the word lost. For some people here, you've you've literally been feeling like you've lost direction. There's some people here you've lost passion. Other people here, the Lord's saying you've lost hope. There's other people here you've lost. lost even the sense of energy to really want to build your relationship with God. Mary God say this he He wants you if you've been feeling that word lost resonates with you hearing the Lord say that word loss has been like a drumbeat in people's souls. Some form of lost. Jesus is saying, you're not lost. You just need to reach out and find me in a new way and you will not be lost. If it's passion, he's saying, find me in a new way and your passion will be restored. If it's hope, God's saying, find me in a new way and there'll be brand new hope. If it's energy to build relationship with God, says, just reach out. Reach out on your heart. Reach out. And that will help you on partner with you. Maybe you don't know the Lord or you once did and you've slipped away. When you felt lost spiritually, God's saying, reach out. Invite me back into your heart right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
lean in. Lean in today. Lean in. Let me draw you in. Let me love on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.